lights, camera, action. Welcome to the Mixtape Podcast. As film, television, and entertainment are influenced by the mixing of cultures and heritages in the United States of America, we are here to discuss, celebrate, and represent. What, what? I'm Robert Rivera. And I'm Danielle Isaiah. On this episode, we're talking Lord of the Rings. But before we dive in, Rob, give us your, your quick take. My quick take. Thank you. Put a lot of thought into this one. Mm-hmm. The Rings of Power is a Lord of the Rings version of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Lots of familiar character types, fun adventure. Not as good as the original, mm-hmm. but solid. Super solid. And I would say my quick take is, where are my ladies at? Where the ladies? I, 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 was, I was a little bit um, underwhelmed, you know, because mm-hmm. now my, my, my thinking is just always representation. Where are, you know, black, brown, AAPI women? Um, and I, I didn't see much um, strong female characters that were leading, that were in charge. That, and, and I think in Rings of Power, we do start to see that wokeness in a positive way, if you will, that, mm. um, that, which I, I really appreciate. So as we continue on in the episode, um, let's press rewind and Rob, I'll pass it over to you. So Donnie... There are few stories that are so timeless and meaningful to so many people across so many cultures and generations as the Lord of the Rings. Yes. All right. We've talked, actually, yeah, we've talked about the Lord of the Rings Lots. many, many times yes. before this podcast. And the digger you you deep, or what the am I saying? You dig, the digger you deep. The, deep, the deeper <laughs> you... Yeah. Same thing. I was, I'm with you. Right. The digger you deep. Mm-hmm. Deeper you dig. <laughs> like the dwarves in Casa Doom. Yes. Um, mm. You are rewarded for for digging. But you, well, they weren't it, rewarded, but yes, we you're are. You're rewarded. Yeah, yeah. You're, of course you're rewarded with a really cool monster. <laughs> and, um, Fair. But you still will not exhaust the mines. I mean, they go so deep. I'm sure maybe some, somebody has and will, but I have not. Mm-mm. And um, I continue to to mine it of great themes and truths. Absolutely. Um, yet Peter Jackson wanted to bring the story to the big screen, and um, there was trepidation here. Uh, at one point, he was only approved to make two movies. Like he was mm. he was supposed to condense this entire trilogy of books into two movies, and eventually he got the the green light to make three movies, which was great. And then um, a little bit later, he took one book, The Hobbit, mm-hmm. and somehow stretched that into three movies. Right. And so if you listen, go back to the, the Guillermo del, del Toro episode, um, I think we probably reference yeah. that he was that he was supposed to be the director yeah, of, yeah. of The Hobbit. It was thrown into Peter Jackson's direction. Um, and there's some great there's some good stuff in those movies, uh, but they don't they don't hold up to the Lord of the Rings themselves themselves. Now, Donnie, what was your introduction to the Lord of the Rings? The films, for sure, hands down. I didn't even actually I mean, you know, the first film came out and then it was like, oh, J.R.R. Tolkien, like there's an actual book that right. you know oh and like I didn't Come even on. know I that I, much? I didn't even know. Really? I mean I knew uh, C. S. Lewis and his works and I knew the name J.R.R. Tolkien. But I had never, I don't know, Chicago public school kid. I mean, you know, I, I just, I didn't grow up in a family where I had parents that like read to you at night and stuff like that. I only thought that was in movies. So really my exposure to books was, you know, there's, we had like a library hour, but usually there's like a kitty section. And so you just pull like the books that are available to you. They didn't have things like J.R.R. Tolkien or even C.S. Lewis wasn't um, in my library. It wasn't until later. I think I was in third or fourth grade. My aunt bought the set, uh, The Chronicles of Narnia, for me. And that was the first time I read those. So so my first exposure to Lord of the Rings was the films. And I absolutely fell in love. Obviously, we're huge fans of 
sci-fi fantasy the magical just calls to me the world as it could possibly be so for me delving into middle earth the shire i mean a place that has pantries upon pantries of delicious food and like amazing parties and it was the first i actually because of the films i, I purchased my first uh pipe like literally Gandalf's <laughs> pipe with <laughs> I can't smoke a pipe to save my life, but I just I don't I haven't figured it out. But can I you, love it. Can you blow no. um like pirate ships or <laughs> no. like ships out of I've tried rings and I fail every time. So no, I I, I can't no ships are, are coming out. But I absolutely love the films, love the story, love the character development and, and love everything that um Peter Jackson was able to bring. Like, you know, I think what he gave us was a gift into J.R.R. Tolkien's world. I think without the yeah. films, so yeah. many people would not have read the books. And then subsequently, Samarillion, like yourself, and, you know, just dug more into the lore that Tolkien gifted the world with. Yeah. So for you, tell us, no, tell us your... Yeah. I mean, it's... Honestly, it's the same way. I had heard about The Hobbit, mm -hmm. The Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. They were familiar to me growing up, and they looked boring. Yeah, I think yeah. I had seen clips of the old BBC cartoon, oh, okay. and it was ridiculous looking. Yeah. And I was like, "This is not my, this is not my jam." So when the Lord of the Rings hit hit, <clears throat> hit the theater initially, mm -hmm. I thought, mm, "Isn't it? Is this the Hobbit?" I, I didn't understand honestly. Yeah. What is this thing? Um, but but I saw a trailer and it looked kind of cool, so I went and just like you, I was captivated. The opening, the opening prologue. Galadriel's voice My over the goodness. the rise and fall of Sauron. I mean, the whole thing was was just amazing. So after that, I went back. I re I read the books, and I hadn't honestly I haven't read the books since like two thousand and one, and I'm rereading them now, and I'm realizing how faithful Peter Jackson's adaptation yeah. is to the source material. I'm I'm extraordinarily appreciative of locations mm. like New Zealand. Yeah. I mean. If we didn't have that director, maybe we wouldn't have gotten those scene, right. you know, those um, the backdrops uh, to the Shire and to Middle Earth. And so I am just so appreciative to him opening up New Zealand to the world. Yeah, I love I love the films, I love the books, and yet I'm not one of the people who holds up the Lord of the Rings like <laughs> yeah, close yeah. to the Bible. Yeah. Um, while I do respect them, I also do recognize that they were written in a time and in an era that 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 really i mean there were a lot of biases stereotypes mm -hmm. a lot of misinformation out there mm -hmm. that unintentionally un subconsciously whatever make their way into the story i think you had pointed out some things to me pre-show yeah. that you noticed about at least the films yeah. which is true about the books in a lot of ways too yeah, I would say, I mean, again, you know, one of the things that I would do with particularly the Fellowship of the Ring, it's my favorite of the three, um, when um, I had like work, schoolwork, you know, if I had a paper to write or something like that, I, some people put on music, I put on movies. And so I, my go-to movie in college was the Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. And I would put it on and it was my background noise. It, and it, over time, it just became kind of white noise to me. And I could literally, you know, quote you the whole thing. Uh, it, it gets annoying sometimes because I'll just put it on. and That would not annoy me. And <laughs> I love it. I know, right? I'm like, I love this movie so much. Um, but uh, rewatching it this time, it was um, evident to me that the lack of female um, leaders... You know, typically, if you see a woman in The Lord of the Rings, they're serving in some way uh, a male character. Or, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to find and navigate their way through this very male world. And they keep getting kind of squashed or, or put down. So if you're Eowyn, it's like, ah, there's no place for you here. You know, you go and you sit and you watch the kids and, you know, whatever. That's your job. Or if you're... Um, what's Aragorn's love interest? Arwen. Arwen, thank you. Or if you're Arwen, 
then your purpose is really centered on you know making sure this person is okay or that person is okay or really being present for your dad or your man or i mean even at one point your your possible kid mm -hmm. like so um in service to men is really what um what the the women in Tolkien's world are or who they are and for me that you know i watch the rings of power now and even Galadriel, no spoilers, but even as powerful as she is, she's motivated by something that happens to her brother. So kind of, again, in service to a man. Now, I, I don't mind so much because her character is such a powerhouse. She is such a leader. She demands respect and has such a presence about her wherever she goes. So I am like, you go, girl. Yeah. Um, but again, like kind of seeing that lack in the Lord of the Rings, uh, the Two Towers, and Return of the King, and even in The Hobbits, um, which is, there's even less of a female presence. Um, I, I, I was just kind of taken aback and a little disappointed. Yeah, and I'm, I don't want to make excuses for why he doesn't have strong female characters or why he doesn't have people of, of color. And maybe, you know, to be, let me also be, be fair here. Some people are described as having golden hair and fair skin, but it it's not like the, the narrative doesn't leave any room for people of color. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is this, like I said, he, he's writing in a, in a certain time and he's writing with some certain tropes of medieval times. And mm -hmm. in those times, women were not given, you know, spots of authority or whatever. But what I do appreciate is that maybe there is like a subtle like rebelliousness in him writing an Eowyn to be so mm -hmm. heroic mm -hmm. and have those moments. Mm -hmm. um, is it enough? It's probably not enough. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, there's this complaint. I know we're gonna we're not quite at the Rings of Power yet, but there's a complaint mm -hmm. like, oh, token. This is not what token would want. And uh, to me, that's a frustrating complaint because we don't know what Tolkien would or would not want in 2022. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we can say what he wrote and maybe some of the things that he said in, a, in an era where, where certain prejudices were acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so is he a product of his culture? I would like to think that he would have grown. Mm. And uh, But that's in my own head canon. I don't know what he would actually be like now. So I, I want to be careful with I don't want to go the opposite where people are like, Token would never want this to saying, no, Token would have grown and he would have been much, I don't know what Token would have been right. these days. So, I want, I mean, and all we have is what he's given us, which are, are truly gifts and, and they're marvelous works of arts. I, I think um, most would at least be able to applaud the, the sheer creativity to create these worlds with these different beings and and the, the linguistic work that he put into his, his um, books. So, um, you know, no taking away from that. However, what we do have is so little for female characters and what we do have is so much for white men in his stories where they are the heroes They and, and it's their world. Like there is no room for those uh, black, brown, uh, you know, and, and if there is, if there are these darker characters, they're foul beings. Mm. So if you look at like the Urukai, they're the, you know, some of the darkest individuals that are in the, in the movies. And they are these like foul, evil creatures from the belly of the earth, forged and created for just mayhem and death and you know, like it's like oh my goodness this is so sad that you know the the white is seems to be the 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 hero the heroines and then um the black is just monstrous and gargoyleish in the their what they offer in Tolkien stories and then there's and then there's there are these little glimpses like there's the um the men of the south who are darker skin and darker hair and in battle they're killed and the question is raised like is this person really evil mm -hmm. or is this person misguided um and so there's, there's, it's there's... so subtle that it, that part is so you have to really be looking for it to even yeah. see that it, it also might be problematic a little bit too like 
are the dark people bad because they've never been trained correctly? I don't know. So <laughs> it's true. I never think about that. Whatever, but right. I can't really. I don't know the mind and heart of Tolkien, so I can't yeah, really go yeah. too deep into that. But you're right. The optics there. Yeah. Um, it's a story that is beloved, and like you said, I you 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 can literally you can quote it. Yeah. And uh, it can become very personal and dear to you, but yeah. but well, a perfect work. It is not perfect. Yeah, it's great, but it. We'll get into it with the with the rings of power, like. Yeah, I suppose it, you know, like every story, if are we gonna get it right every time, and is it going yeah. to be masterful? I don't. I guess the question to you: Are there outside of even Lord of the Rings? Is there any film that you've ever seen and that you're like you walk away and you're like. That was a perfect story. A film or Star like a movie Wars. or a um, show. Yeah. <laughs> Is Star Wars your, like, that was perfect? Yeah. I mean, we we already talked about the <laughs> season the representation of, problems, but. Yeah. But season that, three, episode one. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we did go over exactly. Star Wars. Exactly. Um, no, 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 there's nothing. There's nothing that's perfect. But if you have to, I mean, this is kind of the gold standard though mm-hmm. of storytelling i think i think so too yeah. i would agree so now that we've established where the lord of the rings has been let's talk about the modern state of the multicolored middle earth okay. if you will mm-hmm. so let's reforge the blade that was broken and press play so before the show was released the rings of power had already been judged based on speculation people had seen the trailer the super bowl trailer and other things and YouTube videos galore came to life. It was difficult to find hopeful YouTube videos during that time. I was literally, I was looking for YouTube videos that would kind of give some speculation. It's like, hey, hey, hey. Uh, The effort was to sync the show using various angles of attacks before the show came out. There were many different types of critiques. Let me just name the critiques very quickly. Wait, wait, wait. I think there's a philosophical term for this, and it's haters gonna hate. That's it. Carry on. That's it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one that I saw is, this is not what Tolkien would have wanted. Kind of address that. Mm -hmm. Another one, it would not be family family friendly. It would include uh, nudity. Oh. And so... There was there was rumors that they that a an intimacy coach was hired, and that the actors were told to be you know they were asked if they were comfortable with nudity. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So, other one is um, unfaithful to Galadriel's character. Mm-hmm. The show is being written in a way that's unfaithful to her. Um, another one is that the show is woke in a very negative, pejorative kind of sense. Got it. Like it has an agenda. An agenda, it's just forcing things into the story that don't belong just for the sake of having those things. Just uh, be, like to make women happy or to make brown people happy. We're correct. going to. Got yes. it. Got yes. it. Okay. And in that vein, that the ethnic diversity doesn't make sense in Tolkien's world. Um, this is just to diversi- diversify just for diversity's sake. Mm um donnie any any thoughts on on those critiques this again these critiques came out months and months and months before the actual show actually yeah Mm -hmm. you know um i mean i think (laughs) hate is gonna hate there's always people with opinions and and they're not always you know the most helpful or accurate or you know you can watch something that's 30 seconds long that you know the production studios are putting millions of dollars into and you in your mom's basement you, <laughs> on your keyboard you're so tough so I mean you know uh, how, how much stock you know do we put into um, you know what what individuals have to say I mean I, I suppose we care how much um, you know, people care about other people's opinions. That's why we have a podcast. We're sharing our opinions and we're hopeful that our opinions help others as they navigate through what they watch, the stories that are impactful, and representation. And the, the, the power of seeing people that look like us, talk like us, have stories like us, and, you know, putting those on the big screen. Um, the the haterade comments of 
you know, is this going to be woke and are we going to have to placate the brown people in the room and the women in the room? I mean, that's never, I think that's never our goal. We don't just want brown people cast into roles just to say, okay, now we have, you know, three minorities um, in, in a film where there's, you know, six, whatever, protagonists or whatever. Like, uh, it's not about the numbers, I would say, as much as it is the story and, and being able to say, um, you know, there's, there's a part of us on the big screen. We're obvious, you know, that we're a huge part of this country. We're a huge part of the consumers of goods, of film, of story. And so as we consume, we should also be a part of telling those stories and telling stories, in, you know, in a meaningful way. So the, the woke piece of, uh, you know, are we just placating? I hope that's not the case. I think individuals cast in the rings of power, you know, we're towards the end of the season here. I personally think it's it's been wonderful. I think it's only added to the dynamicness, if you will, um, of the show. I, I think I think it's been powerful. What are your thoughts, Rob? Well, it's interesting because if you just do a quick search on YouTube for the Rings of Power, mm -hmm. you get things like the Rings of Power is an embarrassment or the Rings mm -hmm. of Power is poorly written or... Um, Oh my goodness, just well, if if you get past like the, the interviews and things like that. Um actually I'm I'm seeing some some more positive things, and maybe that's because of my my personal search history. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm getting more positive things, but there are a lot of like in terms of YouTube videos, lots of hate and it's it's confusing to me in some ways because A this is they're not adapting mm -hmm. like a story that's written. Yeah, yeah. They're they're taking some information from the second age. And by the way, they can't use the Silmarillion, Unfinished Tale, or any of those other works. Those are off limits. Mm -hmm. So if it's mentioned in those books, but it's not referenced in the Lord of the Rings in the in the uh, appendices or the uh different poems or whatever. Yeah. Um then they can't use it. So they're kind of, they have limited material. So they're kind of making things up as they go along that fit within the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So people, I get, I get some of the complaints. Mm -hmm. Anytime you love something, you don't want to see things change. So they're taking thousands of years and compressing it, yeah. making it a very short amount of time. I can understand the, the frustration there, but it's very difficult to tell a story over thousands of years all the human characters will die from episode to episode. Like, yeah. where's that person I like? They don't exist anymore. This is, you know, 700 years later. It, it, it just doesn't make sense for storytelling, uh, you know, standpoint. Um, but just like the panic, there's yeah. going to be nudity. Maybe there was. And maybe fan outcry mm -hmm. changed Amazon's mind on which direction they wanted to go. But there was really no, never any real evidence that they were going to take this in a Game of Thrones style. Right, right. Um, but I want to address the, the Galadriel's character real quick. Mm -hmm. This is the one that is is uh, the most silly to me. Mm. I, I heard about this right away when they show Galadriel climbing things or fighting. They're like, oh, of course, look at oh Galadriel. I never saw Legolas do that. Legolas? Legolas mm. is nothing compared to Galadriel. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally. yeah. And these are not my words. These are Tolkien's words. In his book, edited by his son, Christopher Tolkien, um, The Unfinished Tales of Numenor, it says this. I'm going to quote this real quick. Okay. Galadriel was the greatest, and I'm just going to say of the elves, mm -hmm. of the Noldor. Mm -hmm. uh, that's getting too nerdy. I love it. Except Feanor, who was a great elf himself. Maybe, though, she was wiser than he, and her mm -hmm. wisdom increased with the long years. She was strong of body, mind, and will, a match for both the lore masters and the athletes mm. of the Eldar elves in the days of their youth. Even among the Eldar, she was accounted beautiful and her hair was held a marvel unmatched. Mm. So 
As you watch the Rings of Power, does it sound like this is a departure from what Tolkien had imagined? Not at all. I think probably what people have a problem with, what, what, what people have an issue with is, can this beautiful, wise, fair being that we know and love from Lord of the Rings, can she be this powerful leader of armies? And we can't reconcile somebody that's beautiful but also this amazing warrior like you know if you're a woman you can only be this pretty object that we kind of put on the pedestal and maybe you're helpful every once in a while to the men but you leading men you actually being at the you know the, the front of like who's making decisions about where men are going and what's happening in middle earth and actually affecting outcomes of wars and now nah, that can't be a woman that can't be gladriel they're just giving her character development. Yeah, literally. Like, what led her to ruling mm -hmm. Lothlorien in, in The Lord of the Rings 3,000 years later, by the way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of room to play with there. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway. I, you know, another silly one? Yeah. If I, if I yeah. may. And, you may. And this, <laughs> this is courtesy of, of our producer, Rich. Um, who who does some just really stellar some rich stuff for us? Yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. Pun was intended. So, so okay, the there is a cast and and no spoiler here, but there is a, a cast of a black dwarf. Um, a big to do about there being a black dwarf, and oh my goodness, how dare they, you know, cast somebody like this. <laughs> Rich provided th this bit of insight who, um, this comes from Ebony Elizabeth Thomas. She's the author of The Dark Fantastic and associate professor at the University of Michigan. She says this, the history of fantasy is racialized. People are used to seeing fantasies and fairy tales as all white, particularly in the faux medieval mm -hmm. or magical medieval settings. She goes on to explain, we're taking them out of the dream space we're taking them out of how they imagined it could be and so it feels off to them so that's why they're saying you know who are these people particularly this black dwarf um that's not what Tolkien intended it's not accurate of course if you're willing to go back to the poems and legends that inspire Tolkien you'll definitely find characters who are not white and uh, this is courtesy of, of Sam um, Thaleman the Norse Pro Se Edda compiled in 1220 includes the and stick with me here Sparthflar. <laughs> Sparthlefar, pardon. Ah, Black out. That, that that's, that Thank sounds. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I didn't know what you said the first time. Thank you. The Sparthlefar, black elves who live in, stick with me here, Sparthlefarhim. Tolkien was a devotee of Old Norse pro se and verse and even translated some of the verse into English. So for Tolkien, it's not this far-fetched idea that there are black and brown beings particularly dwarves it is very much a common thing at least in the norse you know world and stories from which he develops a lot of his story and themes and characters and everything any uh boricua elves in the, uh, <laughs> i think that comes much later but yes uh we'll, we'll go with yes so, that's that's who I identify with, by the way. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, I the Boricua guy on the screen. Let's go. And he's such a hero. I love it. Um, but, I, I mean, I just appreciate this. You know, again, the big to-do about, oh, my goodness, there is this black dwarf. But it's like, no, this this would have definitely. And, and for those that outcry for on Token's behalf, Token would have never. How, how, how do we, you know, like. And like you said, uh, the the writers of the Rings of Power have so much limited content to go off of. Yeah, the fact that that we're in a world of dwarves and elves, let's be imaginative. Like it's it's mystical and magical in and of itself. You know, it's crazy. Like for my children, for instance, as they watch it, they don't step up and say, "Wait a second, where did all these people of color come?" It's like normal. Yes, yes. it's normal. Mm -hmm. It's just a world with, with diversity. Mm -hmm. Yes, both in beings and in ethnicity. Like, there's different, again, there's dwarves, elves, there's goblins, there, uh, there's wizards, uh, there's hobbits. 
Um, so there's different species of people and then there's, you know, different ethnicities within those species. Definitely. There's, um, so I'm, I'm, I am curious as to the hate. Is the hate really, what is the hate? In the darkest, mm. my worst, no, let me say this. My most pessimistic theory mm -hmm. is it's racist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's racist. I, I don't think that's pessimistic as much as it is realistic. Okay. Because Hollywood has always kind of been a very, you know, a white, uh, male-driven industry. And to start to see different um, genders and different ethnicities on screen. And going back to what uh, Ebony Elizabeth Thomas shared with us, we're used to a particular way in which stories are told in particular genres. So we look at this, you know, sci-fi, the fantasy genre, and typically it is a very white male. And we'll talk about that through, throughout the season. We chatted about that with Star Wars in episode one, and we'll talk more. I mean, if we look at the MCU, and we'll get to the MCU in just yeah. a couple episodes, but I mean, it took them how many films before we got Black Panther? Before we got a green woman. You Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally the truth. So, you know, again, is there this racist bend? Absolutely. Is there, and, and I think part of that racism, it can be masked by different things. It could be masked by, oh, the business of it is people won't go to the theater if it doesn't look like this person or that person. But that's obviously not the case as, you know, movie after movie proves that theory wrong. Uh, you know, Black Panther was a, a huge move um, for the MCU. I hope Black Adam, you know, will, for the DC Universe, so many other um, films, I think, course correcting in Hollywood. Hmm. So there's there's this idea out there, and I'm getting this from Dana Beek, and I can, yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can see this. The quote says here, it's an article, Lord of the Rings and Rings of Power, why fandom has to embrace change. Mm -hmm. There's a sense of a fan's identity being tied up in something make-believe, making a criticism of their favorite stories a criticism of them as people. For example, despite Tolkien's vehement anti-racism, there are issues with his mythology. His equating dwarves with Jews, including linguistically, was intended positively as a representation of dispossessed people, but he also described their tremendous love for the artifact or love of the artifact in a 1965 BBC interview, which is common anti-Semitic, which is a common anti-Semitic trope. Mm -hmm. um, some people regard pointing this out as a personal attack, an attempt to stop them from enjoying something that they love. As with fandom, ignoring the negatives of something doesn't stop them from being present. So, in other words, you know this, I know this. Like, we get sensitive about the things that we love. Mm -hmm. When somebody says, I hate that thing that you love, you take it as a personal attack. Like, you're you're questioning my judgment. Yeah. You're questioning my taste. Yes. But I think it's healthy to love something and have a, and, crit and be able to critique it. Man, this is a tough one. So, okay, let's take this train of thought. Let's say um, I love coffee. Mm -hmm. People that don't love coffee, it's hard to trust them. I'm like, why don't you love coffee? That's weird to me that if somebody doesn't love coffee, I'm like, I don't know what I, what I do. This came up because Ricky doesn't like coffee, right? No, I didn't know Ricky doesn't Ricky like coffee. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just putting it out there right now. Oh, man, Ricky he just put you yeah. on blast, Ricky. Yeah, see, like, it's just, uh, coffee is like a, a hug in a cup. How can you not like coffee? So I kind of get the, I love something so much, if somebody doesn't like it, I'm not sure what to do with you as a person. Kind of see that. But you're, f uh, yeah, man, and Stop. even. <laughs> Stop that. Come on. It's like a sports team. Are you ever critical of, of your favorite sports team? If a person is a Packer fan. I am so critical uh, man, of the that person. That is a good point. I, I hear that. Yeah. So you know what? Yeah. Well, then perhaps really in this conversation, mm -hmm. when it comes to Tolkien, I, I am a big Tolkien fan, but I, it has... 
and it's taken me a long time to to get to the point. But yeah, if somebody who doesn't know anything about the Lord of the Rings starts attacking it, I don't like that. See, exactly. Even if they do know something, like for example, okay, my partner, he's like, I just don't like Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? How do you yeah. not like Lord of the Rings? Done. <laughs> That's over. You're dead to me. me. Yeah. So I don't know because sometimes it just feels like something is so objectively so. It's like, this is objectively great filmmaking. How do you not like it? Sometimes, so do you, you think, know, yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you think that, that maybe the hardcore fans mm -hmm. look at Amazon and say, what do you even know about the Lord of the Rings? And so they don't trust their motives from the very, from the very beginning. Whoa. And so therefore, they're like, they're going to just use this as a vehicle to promote this agenda and that agenda. They don't care anything about the source material. However, Whoa. however, there's an article in the LA Times that we saw mm -hmm. that was brought to our attention. Many predicted Amazon's Lord of the Rings prequel would be a disaster. It isn't. Boom. And so as we watch the show and as we finish it, you can disagree with different directions they've taken. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The show is beautiful. Yeah. The, sh the diversity is not highlighted. It's normalized. Yes. Notice, right? I mean, never... Yeah. Are they like, well, that's because you're a black elf. Yeah. No, they don't say that. Yeah. And any, whatever. Yes. And any of the um, racism, if you will, that's that's demonstrated isn't at all because of color. It's species. So it could be humans upset with elves or elves upset with dwarves or which is inherent to even the, the original, uh, you know, like, oh, you know. Check her ears. Them. Check her ears. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Pointy. Throw yes. her off the raft. Yes, exactly. So it's it's more so so um, um, faithful, loyal to the the original, the story. Yeah. We saw racism before, even with uh, Legolas and Gimli. You'd be like, you know, the beginning was such a tenuous relationship between the two of them, and over time, you you well watch the films if you haven't. So I think it, it would take somebody going into the show and remove this idea that this show is just a vehicle to promote a certain agenda. Mm -hmm. And perhaps then at that point, you can look at it and say, I can appreciate it for what it's trying to do. Yeah. I, I don't think that it lives up to the Lord of the Rings. That trilogy is amazing. Yeah. But that's okay. I don't actually need it to. I just need it to take me back into the middle back into yeah, middle earth yeah or into the world because it goes beyond middle earth into numenor into some other places it, it it takes you into the full that full world tell me some things i didn't know before mm -hmm. and and make me feel like it's that world and i do oh man and there are so many beautiful nods to the original trilogy yep. oh my goodness over and over i'm like oh i love how they just snuck that in or weaseled that in and oh i wasn't expecting you know that right there just absolutely fabulous, the connections that are made over and over and over. And I love seeing so many women in positions of power. It's not just Galadriel. It's several other characters that are ruling their kingdoms well, that are just sacrificial, brave. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful story, and I think a, a wonderful homage to the trilogy. You're right. It's not as dynamic as, for example, Fellowship of the Rings, but man, is it wonderful. I am, I'm, I'm in love with, with everything they've done from casting to costumes to set design. I hate that we're going to wait, that we have to wait, I think, until 2024 for the next season. No, that's, for season two? Yeah, that's wild. Ugh. Yeah, that is definitely pretty sad. All right, so uh, let's look into the future as we press fast forward on this episode. So Rob, is there any Lord of the Rings projects that you're looking forward to or something Lord of the Rings related that you'd like to see happen? What do my elf eyes see? <laughs> mm -hmm. For those that are listening. A whisk of clouds. <laughs> Rob has no. his hand over his eyes and he's looking off into the ring light, <laughs> a.k.a. the sunset. I see a ring. <laughs> um, what I'm looking forward to? Yeah. Okay, so I, I already said I'm looking forward to season two. I really... That's one thing. I'm actually looking forward... I'm excited for the series to unfold over five seasons. Mm 
Mm -hmm. Okay. Would you say a billion dollars? Yeah, a billion dollars over five seasons, but they're definitely going to go over budget. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're reading the <laughs> first. The first. The first season is uh, four hundred and sixty-five million. They're almost nearing half a billion. Just one one season. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Anyway. I I'm really curious after the five seasons wrapped wraps up, mm -hmm. what will the public opinion be? And I I hope that, first of all. Amazon is faithful yeah. with the story all the way through. Yeah, same. Okay. B, I hope people do embrace it and love it. And and then what I, this is my my dream, mm -hmm. is that the Tolkien estate would allow, maybe they don't have to give up the entire Silmarillion, but maybe story. You know, there's like little mm -hmm. stories throughout the throughout the Silmarillion, like little contained stories. Mm -hmm. I want to know more about some of those characters. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what I would love to see. It doesn't have to be by Amazon. It could be by whoever um it could be you know a disney plus show no, i don't know but anyway <laughs> whoever whoever takes it i would like to see more stories based um in the cimmerillion oh now who owns the the rights to the cimmerillion the, the Tolkien estate so mm. i'm gonna butcher this but Tolkien, i think he gave up the the film and tv rights back in the 60s or whatever or 70s, I forget when it was, and regretted it. Um, he regretted it because, especially back then, I think it's hard to make a faithful adaptation of, of those yeah, yeah. of those stories. He wasn't around, obviously, for the Jackson um, trilogy, and I don't really know how his son, Christopher, mm -hmm. uh, received those mm -hmm. uh, films, but I know that in keeping his father's wishes, he's like, I am not, not going to give up these other stories. He, he, he regretted giving up The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. I'm not going to give anything else. So he passed mm -hmm. away last, or it was either this year or last year, mm -hmm. um, sadly. But now, I don't know if younger generations um, oh. have that property, if they're more willing hmm. to to kind of let those be released. Yeah. So it's, it's the token family who owns them, which I think yeah. is, you know, I think that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. They have the control. So maybe there's a way they can lease them so that they're, they're not just completely selling over rights, but saying you can do these limited things. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I want more Silmarillion. Mm -hmm. if, you don't know, if you do not know what the Silmarillion is, it is basically kind of the history of the world. And Middle Earth is not the planet. Middle Earth is like a continent. Mm -hmm. And then there's all these, whatever. But it goes deeper into the creation of the world the different gods that kind of govern and rule the world, mm. the origin of the elves and men and dwarves, mm -hmm. the rise of this guy named Morgoth mm. and his servant Sauron. So, who is referenced in Rings of Power? And the antagonist of the Lord of the Rings. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Man, that's awesome. I, 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 you know, from this conversation, we were also guests on a. Um, with, on a podcast with some friends of ours over at Questions uh, from the Pew. And during our conversation, we talked about some of, of these things here. Um, but after that conversation, I was like, man, I really do need to read The Cimmerillion. I feel like it's it's time to delve into the world, the deep, rich world. <laughs> it's time. It's time. Um, man, what I'm hoping to see, you know... This is a great question because, again, you know, going through this this time around and like wanting to see more female representation, I'm so thankful for the Rings of Power because we're, we are getting to know um, Galadriel in a new way, getting to know younger Galadriel. At first, I wasn't sure how I felt about them casting a different person. Mm. You know, there's always like the does the same person need to be cast into you know these um, these roles and. I like the direction actually. I'm 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 okay um where they went. But Kate Blanchett is twenty years older than she was. <laughs> totally. Okay. Just but you know, they you could do so much with CGI you and can. you know, they can easily make her make her look younger. Okay. I don't know. Um what would I like to see? You know, initially, um I was like, what would and, and this almost feels sacrilege. But, <laughs> but what about some like 
reality TV meets The Shire or something like that. <laughs> when you're just like, it's just like normal life and I don't know, you get to like their day-to-day -day stuff. I just am so enamored with Hobbits in The Shire. I don't know why. I, I like Hobbit holes seem so cool and even just being able to like see like what they do like how they farm and their interactions with each other they just seem so happy and kind i would watch that show you have a weird fascination with the hobbits is this are you thinking like a cw show like riverdale but like <laughs> kind of like sexy hobbits not sexy okay. hobbits just normal hobbits okay just normal like you know Bilbo sexy shirtless hobbits walking <laughs> around and with their hairy feet yeah. no thanks no just normal hobbits i think that would be kind of cool and then um you're just you're just watching them walk around gardening what what is what's yeah what's kind happening? of like their normal like life are they like are there like love triangles and stuff happening? there could be okay. i mean i'm sure there's you know even sam you know he was samwise was you know a little apprehensive with rosie and you know he had to kind of get pushed and who knows maybe there was another hobbit that was interested in her too there was know. there was was oh, there? fair maiden of the ale. Yes, yes, thank you. You're right, absolutely. Yeah. Forgot no, about no, that guy. Rosie, no, trust me, Rosie, she was the hobbitess of hobbitesses. Yeah, she was super Of hobbitai. Hobbit. Hobbit. Whatever. Anyways, so that would kind of be cool to me. Of course, I also love this, you know, picking an era in time and really delving into mm. a deep story of a powerful villain that's emerging you know, that kind of thing. So more of that, I guess, in that, I would agree. Samarillion stuff. Samarillion-nindum would be kind of amazing. Totally. You know, in the Rings of Power, they show the two trees. Do you remember that? Like, mm -hmm. they, they, they were like the light of the world at the time. And then they kind of just wither. Yeah. How they a are actually destroyed in the Samarillion is... A thing to behold. My goodness. That's one of those stories that you walk away from like, whoa. What did I just read? Mm. It's like that's cool. Yeah, that's it's cool. like they were murdered almost. Like the, the the language used is almost like they were murdered. Ooh, like they're people. Yes, the trees. I'm adding it to my cart. To the trees. <laughs> well, with that, it's time to press pause and reflect on points that have stuck out to us, or some key takeaways. So. Rob, you know, going through, I mean, you've read The Samarillion. Actually, you read it with a group of people, a group of nerds, dare I say. Um, We're not nerds. We call ourselves the tokeneers. Yeah, nerds. Um, <laughs> Run, Shadow Facts. Show us the meaning of haste. I love it. Um, so you've gone to The Samarillion. You've watched the movies many times. You're king of, of the Lord of the Rings world, if you will. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. You bow to no one. Wait, I have a question. If you had to be a part of a particular um, species, which species would you want to be a part of? And being a part of that species, where would you want to live? I hate this because I'm going to say a hobbit. Oh, really? I'm going to say a hobbit. Because so cool. here's the thing. Tolkien actually talks about this. Um maybe in interviews and things, that death is a gift. Mm. Those who linger on see, oh. they watch the world just- Tragedy upon tragedy. Yeah, tragedy. Oh. And then they lose yeah. lo loved ones and people that they that they grow close mm. to all the time. So I don't want to be an elf. Oh, wow. That's um, deep. It'd be cool to be an elf. Mm -hmm. It would be really cool. Yeah. But Hobbit, I'm already like, I'm probably not that much taller than a Hobbit at the moment. <laughs> So I could, cool. I, I could do, I could deal with the height thing. Um, they're very sneaky. Yeah. They love the ground. They love food from the ground. I love veggies and things. Mm, true. Pipe weed. Pipe weed. You know, what, what is that? I'm telling you, it's weed. <laughs> <laughs> Your hobbits be getting high. And I'm not mad. <laughs> do your dance, it's, hobbits. It's do not, your it's dance. It's not weed. It's, it's weed. It's, it's, it's like it's weed from the South Shire. <laughs> It's weed, Rob. The finest weed. <laughs> Salted yeah. pork. Everything oh, that they do, yes. it sounds great. The Hummet, they cheese. eat all the time. Yeah. And you know what? They're burning off those calories because, like, there is zero technology in the, in the Shire. 
True. And then, and then, wizards come to visit and, and shoot their fireworks every once in a while. True. It's cool. That's Sorry. Pretty, I pretty cool. How, about, how about you? Same. I mean, I. Yes. Okay, being an elf and living in Lothlorien, like that would also be pretty cool. So it's a toss up for me. But I mean, <laughs> for all of the reasons that you've already listed, the Shire, and it just calls to me for some reason. It's just, it's like the most coolest, awesome place that I can, you know, ever fathom. Yeah, definitely. I want my own hobbit hole. I would actually prefer to live in Rivendell. Ooh, yeah, yeah. With the, with the. Yeah, Lothlorien is a, a little scary, but that's where Galadriel is, and I want to be with Galadriel. She's a little scary too. I know, but I like her. Like when she goes photo negative, <laughs> super, super creepy stuff. <laughs> you know. Creepy. Oh my gosh, I, I love it so much. Well, that's that's my only take I, on the show. I want to be a hobbit. I am a brown little hobbit. I am with you. I'm but. with you in in that adventure. Well, unfortunately, this is where we press stop. But have no fear, we will press that play button again soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Mixed Take. Join us next time as we discuss the DC universe. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you tune in. Also head over to worldoutspoken.com, a site preparing the Mestizo Church for cultural change, where you'll find information on consulting services, thought-provoking blog, blog posts, and other great podcasts such as the feature, Questions from the Pew, La Ventanita, the Mestizo Podcast, the show for the mixed people of the mixed church. Also head over to worldoutspoken.com and order some cool merch. There's some, there's uh, World Out, there's mugs, there's uh, journals, there's sweatshirts, t-shirts. I've got my hoodie. I just didn't wear it today. Ah, me too. I'll wear it next time. Yeah. Okay. Well, special thanks to our producer, Rich Hurtado. Yes, sir. Also, thanks to Emmanuel Padilla and the World Outspoken crew. We hope that you join us again next time as we continue to dive into the nerdy part of the world of culture, influencing entertainment. And until next time, cut. It's a wrap.